That's why I often tell people to do that 10 episode, 15 episode plan, because you will get very little back in the first five to 10 episodes. But by the end of that 10, if you stick to it regularly, keep asking for that feedback, you will start to get it. And that's what will push you forward into your next 100 episodes. What's up, everybody? How you feeling? How you moving? How you shaking? Hope you got a smile as big as the width of your face. Hope you are fist pumping! By the way, the other day, and I've been looking and checking this domain for a long time because I always felt like I need this for a brand uh, to shape an entire brand around and I was uh, on GoDaddy and something hit me that was just like, you know what, I should probably check GoDaddy because every once in a while I get on there and just sling a couple domains in there that I've been wanting for a while. And I got on there and popped in uh, fistpumps.com. Boom, available. I got it for like three bucks. And when I saw it, that it said fistpumps.com is available, I was like, what? No way, because... I can't tell you how many times I've looked trying to get that or fistpumpers.com and neither one of them. I think they were both listed as premium domains at one point. The one was like $2,500 or something ridiculous. And that just goes to show that with persistence, you can can conquer some pretty awesome things. Uh, Everybody, I mean, I never thought that that would be a domain that would open up and that I would be able to get it, but I got it. So in the future, you may see me put something out through that uh, kind of revolving this entire brand through it also, because I love it, fistpumps.com, for show. Anyways, before, I kind of had a similar story happen with podcastpal.com, uh, because I was really, really wanting to get that domain name so that I could teach and engage with users who want to learn how to podcast. Then I got kind of more geared into the direction of if I want to accomplish my goals right now, I can't be doing so many projects at once. So I pulled back from podcastpal.com. But I wanted to bring a guest on today who I learned a lot from when I first started podcasting by listening through his courses, by listening to all the things that he has to teach. He's an extremely humble guy. He's brilliant. He's been doing the podcasting for a long time now, since the mid-2000s, I believe. And he is the founder of the podcasthost.com and then the podcraft podcast. And he releases little mini courses and stuff out there for anybody who wants to get involved with podcasting. He shows you the easiest way to do it, the best way to do it, and all the things you can do to grow your podcast, all the things you can do to expand your market and your network, uh, the proper ways to launch a show, and then all the different varieties and tools and resources that you can find. Because I wasn't able to put Podcast Pal together, I wanted to bring him on to give you a direction because I do have a lot of you that email me and asking questions about podcasting. So I got Colin on for a short segment here and we ran a little bit short on time. So I am going to bring him back on to talk more in depth about this. But this is sort of an introduction to podcasting and Colin and, and some bridge to get you over to what he's doing. So I hope that you all enjoy this and here we go. Come on, everybody, let me hear that beat. Come on, come on, everybody, let me hear that stickity stinkity riggity diggity beat. 
Well, here we go now. Who wants to get a little bit funky out there? Who wants to get a little creative out there, huh? Yeah. Which one of you wants to get a little bit artsy now? Well, get on with your bad selves, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if your ears hang low and you're interested in podcasting, you better wiggity 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 wobble those bad boys to the front and center and pay attention to my guest today because he's an absolute beast. When it comes to how-tos and methods involved with podcasting, and he's dedicating himself to helping others discover the magic of podcasting, presenting, and broadcasting, from creating content to storytelling to the technicalities and equipment that you need, he's staying alive, he's doing the jive, and he's diggity-dominating through multiple outlets, including the podcasthost.com and the PodCraft podcast. All the way from Scotland to Skidamarinkity-Dinkity-Dinka, Skidamarinkity-Doo-Hoo, Colin Gray, Yoo-Hoo, are the entrepreneur now. What is up, man? <laughs> Certainly the best intro I've had so far. <laughs> it's your heart beating. you got to start this Indeed, bump, the excitement, the excitement. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, thank you very much for welcoming me here. <laughs> yeah, man. So I'm really, I'm really pumped to get you on the show. Uh, I've followed you for a while. You're actually very much a seasoned podcaster. I think you've been doing it for a lot longer than most people, uh, mid 2000s or so, a veteran. <laughs> and you've worked your way up from the beginning to, to now when you've, you've kind of messed around with so many different areas of podcasting from you know the, the WordPress side, setting up the websites to the tools, to the tricks, to the kind of season layouts of podcasts, the interview style podcast. You've done so many different things. And I know that you have more podcasts that I'm not even aware of um, that are probably in different niche <laughs> topics or just hobby topics or whatever they may be, which is pretty cool. Um, so first, really quick, I want you to kind of sum up how you got into this for the listeners and give a little background of who you are, because I want to talk to you about kind of the methods that people can use if they're interested in podcasting to get into it now. And then some of the myths about uh, the monetization, uh, the the overnight, you know, I'm going to hit the lottery and then, you know, run around with my pants down all day because I'm rich type of mentality <laughs> that a lot of people have about podcasting now. But, but yes. really the reality of how amazingly life-changing and powerful it can be even away from a, a money standpoint. Yeah, sure. Well, okay. The background first, uh, a brief history. Basically, I started out as a web developer. So I was a web, well, web designer, really front end. Uh, originally, that was kind of what my trade was. Uh, but in the mid-early 2000s or so, I got into education. So I started teaching web design and web development. I uh, went along to a college and just started teaching classes there, helping them to uh, to educate their students. So really enjoyed that. But I kind of got into learning technology along the way because obviously I had a kind of technical background. I could create quite good courses online, it transpired. And so ended up working at university coaching lecturers and how to teach better online. So that was kind of my job. That was my role just to help people uh, who were teaching to be better teachers using the internet. And of course, one of the, the fashionable techniques uh, during the mid 2000s for teaching students was podcasting. So in about, I think it was about 2006 was when I first heard about it. 
I was actually pointed towards it by a couple of colleagues of mine, just asking if I could look into podcasting, if I could find out more about it, find out how it all works, uh, and then obviously teach everyone at the university how to do it. So that was kind of, that was my job, was to go away and figure it all out and come back and create a class or a workshop all around podcasting. So it was kind of strange how these kind of things come around, uh, but I was, um, yeah, directed towards it by uh, by other people, really. Uh, so I ended up uh, going away, really enjoying it, liking, liking this of uh, playing around with the equipment, figuring out how to present better, creating great content, engagement, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I taught that course at the university for about four or five years, I think it was, up until 2010 or so, uh, whereby I um, moved on from that and essentially uh, I had started up the podcast host by that point uh, and just wrote and wrote more, uh, wrote, sorry, more and more on the website about podcasting, started working with people, helping them start their own podcasts and kind of grew out from there. And that's pretty much how I ended up here today. It's amazing how it just keeps flowing and flowing into new yes. opportunities, isn't it? I think that's could be the most powerful aspect of podcasting in general. And you've you've taken that educational and technical background together. You were amazing at teaching it, which is a lot of the uh, kind of content that you put out for the podcasthost.com. There's an episode that if anybody's really interested in Colin's story, um, he actually re- I think he reposted this on your podcast. Uh, which was your interview with Harry Duran from Podcast Junkies. Oh, yeah. Yep. Where it gets really in-depth about your background. I'll post a link to that in the show notes at artsynow.com forward slash 113. And you can check that out if you want to listen to it. I think it's a good hour or so, but it's it's a really, really good in-depth conversation. And Harry's awesome. Yeah, Harry's been on this show before, too. So Yeah, Harry's a great presenter. It's a great interviewer as well. He pulls a lot of stuff out of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. I had him on my show, and then I was like, afterwards, I was like, oh. Man, I think he just dominated. <laughs> <laughs> I learned a lot from him. He he actually sent me so much value afterwards. It was crazy. Um, yeah, I've been yeah. following him ever since. So it, it's yeah. I found that really useful actually having that interview because people always ask about you know when you present a podcast, people always ask about your background and stuff like that. So it's great having a a really well done interview that you can point them towards that gives them that info. Yeah, and I've done a couple of those myself, which is. It is. And it makes you reflect on your progress kind of. And it's it's pretty magical because one of the big yeah. things I do also is write down my wins every week and I can uh-huh. go back and reflect on them. And when you're being interviewed on a different podcast, it kind of is the same way. You, you start to realize how things are kind of tweening together, like you were talking about uh, how people kind of pushed you in the direction of podcasting. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and you see how that can Forces unite you with, your, with your website background and things like that. And you can make these awesome little magical babies out of it. So. Yeah, indeed, indeed. <laughs> but yeah, so you're one of the rare breeds who sort of stuck with podcasting long enough to figure out how to utilize it as sort of a lifestyle, a career, uh, even profit from it. I'd, I'd imagine that you've been through so many projects between then and now that involve podcasting and that you have seemed to find some success, probably some burnout and, and some unbelievable value to your life and others. How How hard do you think it is to get to that point without massive persistence, because I know podcasting is an insanely powerful tool in combination with something else. And for you, you've got the education and the website background. Um, for somebody who maybe has a little bit of skill sets or maybe doesn't, how, how easy do you think it is to get into it to make it be beneficial to their life? I think I think it depends how you define that. I mean, there's loads of ways where I've seen podcasting be beneficial to people's lives, uh, which doesn't involve money, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who just really 
love talking about their hobbies, their passion, really affecting other people. Um, I suppose the, the sort of the question you're asking there is how easy it is it to create a, a podcast that changes people's lives when it's either yourself or other people. Yeah. Um, because if you manage to change your listeners' lives, then obviously that's going to come back to yourself, either in feedback, authority, uh, or even profit by the end of it. Mm-hmm. So I think the path that most people take really is that they get out there, they find a topic that they really love, they find something that they want to talk about week by week. And that's the important thing because we, we talked about this a little bit before we came on air, just the, the sort of the drudge that podcasting can become if you start talking about something simply because you want to, or it's part of your job or you want to make money out of it. <laughs> it has to really be a passion to start with. Yeah. But that's obviously not all. I mean, that's kind of a cliche these days. You say, talk about something you're passionate about. But it really, that that on its own isn't enough. People claim sometimes that all you need to do is have passion. All you need to do is be passionate about this thing and it'll work for you. But that's not true in the slightest. Uh, for my, <laughs> well, for, from in my opinion anyway, I think that the approach that I always teach is strategy. So it's actually making plans. It's actually sitting down before you set up your podcast and working out what you want to get out of it. And it might be that this is broken down. Well, it should be that this is broken down into sections. So say your first 10 to 20 episodes, the aim of your first 10 to 20 episodes is to get to say 300 listeners a month and to get uh, five email bits of feedback every single week. So that's what you want to achieve. You want to get people emailing you five times a week and that's your kind of, that's your numerical goal. So you can actually see if you've achieved it or not. So if you get to episode 20 and you've managed to get that, then you realize you're, you're making progress. This is really good stuff. And from there, you can make another plan for the next 20 episodes that maybe you're going to start getting up to a thousand listeners. And by that time, you can actually start to approach sponsors and uh, start to make some income from it. But there's all, that kind of planning, that strategy that goes into it is the key thing for me because podcasting is difficult. It does take time and it does take, it takes time to create and it takes time to build the audience that you need to be able to actually make a living from it or to even make just a little bit from it or even just to get that reward that you want to get, even if it's not profit-based, even if it's just authority, it's just you want to get speaking gigs, that type of stuff. So you need to get those plans in place. You need to have a strategy around it and you need to know exactly what you're talking about as well. Like have it dialed down to exactly what the, the concept is behind your podcast. Have that mission statement there that tells you week by week what it is you're going to be talking to, who it is you're talking to. And that's really what keeps your content focused enough over those sort of 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 episodes that people will stay in touch because you keep changing track and you lose people along the way. So that's kind of <laughs> maybe a little roundabout way of saying it's difficult, but I think make plans at the very start and it makes it a whole lot easier. <laughs> Yeah, it does. And and I think that no matter what the size of your show, there, there's so many people that get kind of upset when they launch a podcast and they don't see what they think they're going to get, you know, 20,000 downloads per month immediately or something, which can be insanely hard to get to that point in general. Uh, but what most people don't understand is you could have a podcast that has 100 listeners that could be super effective. Uh, you could have an audience that is so close to you that you could yeah. create a section. I mean, maybe not make a career out of it, but you could add some massive value to your life and those hundred people. Um, if you do focus on some kind of topic that actually is adding value back to the universe and not like yeah. you said earlier, just covering a topic because you're forced to with work and things like that. I think that that's always going to end up in a burnout no matter what. Um, so 
for a beginner, Colin, can we kind of walk through sort of a, a nutshell process of how actually starting a podcast works? You have extensive tutorials and courses on your website that people can check out. Uh, in my past, I started a project which I put on halt called Podcast Pal, and it was it was uh, kind of a different aspect to teaching podcasting, a little bit different than most stuff out there. It, it wasn't my main focus, so I had to kind of put it on pause, which it can be so much work just to do this one podcast that I have plus my other side businesses plus a day job. But you can do it if if you structure your days and, and you do schedule blocking and things like that. For somebody out there that's super busy, if you already have a medium, it's easier. But if not, you could still start a podcast and, and add some value to your life. So do you want to run through kind of the, the process of actually starting one from uh, idea to strategy to launch? And we don't have to get too detailed or in depth because I know we're on a time limit. We can always have them go back to your courses and stuff if, if they want to learn more. Sure. Yeah. I The people that come to me initially, there's they're often in a couple of different camps, two different camps. You've got one person, one camp, which is basically individuals who want to just start speaking. They want to talk about something that they really love talking about. Mm -hmm. And then you have the other camp, which are more profit focused. So there's a business who's actually got a product already or a service already that they want to promote. So it varies a little bit between the two, but actually there's a lot of common stuff as well. So I'll try and go through and maybe give examples for each as we go. But what I usually say to both at the very start is, First 10 episodes, keep it simple as possible. So really, really simple. Because mm -hmm. the key is at the very start that you want to make it so easy for you to do that you're going to actually get your content out there every single week. And there's a couple of benefits to that. So two good things to get your stuff out every single week. One is that you start to build that audience quite regularly. They know to expect you. Uh, uh, because you're doing it regularly, you get sort of a little bit of benefit in sort of iTunes and the like. You're, you're found more easily because they can see that you're putting out good quality content and a good regular schedule. Mm -hmm. And also your listeners think that as well. They can see you're regularly coming out. So they, they grow to trust you um, because of your regularity, if not anything else. The other benefit is because you're recording regularly, you're actually getting a lot of practice. So you're getting stuff out every single week and you're getting better every single week. You're getting better at presenting, you're getting better at planning that content, creating engaging content. So <laughs> you're going to suck in the first five episodes, but by the end of those 10 episodes, when you're doing it regularly over two, three months, you're going to be a lot better. So that's the two benefits to doing it regularly. And again, so that you can actually manage that, keep it as simple as possible. And actually, most people come to me and say, right, what microphone and what mixer and what all this record, digital recorder stuff, what all, all of those things, what do I need? I'm like, get yourself a headset mic. Spend 20 <laughs> quid. 20 quid on a headset mic. Yeah, there's a really good iPhone headphones and microphone. Exactly. Yeah, totally. There's kind of a there's a minimum level. So you want to you want to have a minimum level of quality, as in you don't want to be recording on the internal mic of your laptop or something like that. But if you have uh, the headset mic that I re recommend normally is a Sennheiser. So there's a Sennheiser PC8, which is about 20 to 30 pounds. Uh, I think it's similar in dollars because it just, uh, yeah, so put that uh, on Amazon.com. And you can get that for, yeah, so basically next to nothing cost-wise, but actually it's a really good quality microphone. And that will see you through your first 10, 20, 30 episodes easily. And by the time you get to that 10 or 20 episodes, you'll know by that point, 
whether you like it or not for a start, whether it's sustainable for you. You might have burned out already. You might actually be bored with it. You might not enjoy podcasting. Or you might have got a lot of feedback that says, actually, do you know what? We'd love to see you writing about this stuff rather than listening, rather than talking about it. There's there's all sorts of reasons why actually you might not want to continue after 10, 20 episodes. So you wouldn't have wanted to invest a whole ton of money in equipment at that point. But hopefully, obviously, you've enjoyed it. You've got into podcasting. You've got lots of good feedback from the listeners that you're building up over those first 10 to 20 episodes. And that means you can then start to look at different kit. But actually, do you know what? There's a lot of people actually can continue for hundreds of episodes with just a headset mic. Um, oh, yeah. And just not worry about the complications. Especially with some of the tools that are out there now, like, you know, Alphonic and um, what's the other one that I was using recently? There's levelators, the other ones similar as well, yeah. Yeah, I had I had uh, the founder of Alphonic on the show, and it was a really cool episode if you go back and listen to kind of how he founded it. He's over there in right. Austria, hometown yeah. of Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> in Graz. And uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool tool, but if you have a microphone like that, you can literally take your episodes, which could be an MP3 at this point or a WAV file, um, it's not hard to learn how to record these on your computer and you can literally set a preset on Alphonic where you put your artwork in there and everything and, and it levels it out and boosts it and it sounds really good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, not it's really, really simple. Equipment. Yeah. And I even, you mentioned music there as well and artwork and stuff like that. Um, we, I actually just say to people, mostly in the first 10 episodes, music, theme music and artwork are two things that really hold people back quite often. And if you're not a big brand... If you're not somebody that actually needs to have that really sort of pristine presence right at the start, then forget about it. Just put on a really basic bit of artwork. Don't even worry about music and just get those first 10 episodes out. Because if you add in the music and then wait for artwork to be designed and stuff like that, that's just, well, the music's extra editing. So it actually takes you extra time to get your episodes out there. The artwork just holds you back from launching. So forget about them for the first 10 episodes. Just get yourself out there, get that practice in. And by the time you're actually by the time it's worth worrying about it those 10 episodes in then you can get that stuff done because you know that you've got a bit of an audience already and you know it's worthwhile continuing yeah i i I completely agree with that you could spend so much time worrying about that and trying to perfect things and i think that is one of the biggest mistakes people make is they they want to get it so perfect in the beginning and i uh, there's a lot of perception there's a lot of there's a lot of uh it seems like a standard for what people think podcasts should be. You recently talked about breaking rules of podcasting, which is pretty yeah. awesome topic. Uh, I don't remember <laughs> what conference you said it was, but do you, yeah. you want to run down a couple of those uh, instances of, of what you talked about during that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, it was good fun. It was uh, I've done it twice recently, actually. One at uh, New Media Europe, which is uh, a conference that was in Manchester. It happens over here. And uh, another one, which is just a UK podcasters meetup. And it's just something that I've been talking about recently because there's just so many people that are coming into podcasting right now because podcasting is it is growing a lot more rapidly in the last year or so than it has been for the few years before that. So we've got new listeners coming in, but that also means there's a lot of new creators coming in as well. And they're just listening to the previous podcasts. They're listening to the kind of current cohort of uh, of presenters and just doing things exactly the same. They're not trying to do things differently. They're not really thinking about why people are doing it that way. So yeah, a few examples are the big ones, the breaks. So people not taking breaks. Why would you? Why? So what we do is we go into podcasting. We go, right, okay, people, I'm releasing this podcast. I'm going to do it on a weekly basis and I'm going to do it forever. 
I never, I never. <laughs> and it's just, it's unsustainable. It just leads to a complete drudge. You just, you, you grow to hate it after a year because you've just got nothing to look forward to. You've got no breaks. You're just tr- desperately trying to think up a new topic every single week. So take a break. Uh, I do my podcast in seasons. So you just choose a topic, you yeah, cover it over... That. Yeah, well, it, it makes such a difference to my view of podcasting because you, you cover a topic, start to finish. It feels quite purposeful because you're creating something that's actually quite structured. It teaches people quite well. Uh, you teach them over 10, 15 episodes or so, and then you take a break of a month or two months and it kind of refreshes you and it lets you plan for the next episode, the next season. It lets you get some feedback from your listeners so your listeners can tell you what was good or what was bad about that season and therefore you can change it on the next one or even get their suggestions and what they want you to talk about on the next season. So it just so many people say they're struggling to to come up with topic episodes, topic ideas every single week. So the season solves a few things. See, in there, actually, the breaks is one rule there, but the other rule is structure. People never structure their episodes. They talk about a new thing every single week. Whereas if you're doing a season, uh, you're sort of structuring it a bit more easily so that people can actually learn from you. They're, you're you're dragging them through because you're talking about one thing and then you say, next episode, I'm going to talk about this, which builds on that last episode's content. And therefore, you're learning listen. something as you go along. <laughs> exactly yeah totally yeah the so seasons, kind of, the seasons yeah, are awesome on. like that I, I i get hooked into them because you, you know what's coming next you want to continue to listen to it and it's yes. something i've kind of discovered relatively new i mean i know there's some big podcasts out there that have started the season type but what i've noticed from some of the brilliant internet marketers out there and teachers is they're starting to release these little uh, side podcasts or courses or seasons but they're under a different feed and so they have their main podcast and then to sure. hit these new audiences, because, you know, if you get into the eight weeks of new and noteworthy or whatever you may be able to do, um, have you noticed that people, and I don't know if you've done that, released it under a separate name and then the whole time, you know, each episode kind of points you back to their main podcast as well. But that way it keeps those little courses or uh, little seasons separate that are geared towards a specific topic. Yeah, for sure. And it's something I've done a little bit as well. So I'm up to season five now and I've released two or three of those seasons as separate feeds. So they're on my main feed, but they're also on a separate feed too. When I think that the topic is likely to be popular enough to justify it. Uh, so for example, the my season three is how to build a podcasting website. And I think enough people search for that topic on its own that I thought yeah. it was justifiable putting that season out by itself as a series of 20 episodes separately. Uh, yeah, it's great. I think it, it's the fact that it's kind of evergreen content as well. It's stuff that people are always going to want to come back to. And um, it would be terrible if that kind of stuff is lost in a feed of 200, 300 episodes, yeah, yeah, which is quite often what happens when people just keep going and don't really forget about, don't really think about the structure of what you're doing, don't really think about breaking up into manageable chunks, essentially. Yeah. And then if somebody has a question for you, which, you know, as a podcaster, you get a lot of questions and emails, which is amazing. That's that's why we do it. You can point them straight to that, that course um, and it's the quickest way for them to get that value and put it into yeah. action immediately. How, how is, so, how have those little segments been working out for you as far as splitting them off? Uh, do you see it driving more traffic back to your, your main show? I, do you know what? I don't track them as well as I should. 
I should have in <laughs> those either. seasons. And, and it's something <laughs> that I need to actually do in future ones is to have, you know, different call to action links in each season so that I can actually track how many people are clicking those or typing those links in. Yeah. And you know as well as I that it's quite hard to track people coming off a podcast because quite often they won't use the memorable, you know, um, short link or whatever it is that you create they'll actually just type in your domain and find you elsewhere so it's quite tricky to track that but i have a feeling from talking to people anecdotal evidence just um, chatting to listeners and and some stats they do have a little bit of stats on it that they do work quite well they don't they don't get huge numbers because they're quite short quite focused um and they're they're very niche so like that podcasting websites i mean it's not even just a podcasting podcast it's a how to create a podcasting website podcast so it's a, it's a very specialist little thing but based on that like you said earlier even a small audience that's looking at that you know exactly what they're interested in they're so focused they're so targeted that i can point them towards a course on that say and I know that they're going to be really warm to that idea. So yeah, it's, it's something that I think works really well, even if it's smaller numbers that you just know exactly what they want. Yeah, I think that we're going to see a lot of podcasters start to, well, I don't want to say a lot of podcasters because most of them will start and then they quit <laughs> fairly <laughs> soon. But a lot of people who have been doing podcasting for a while or, or actually love it, they find that they can add value. I, I think once you realize it's changing other people's lives, you get addicted and it's, it's really easy to do that. If you just give it a chance and you, and you yeah. talk about the things that you actually do love and the things that you do care about. Yeah, uh, definitely. I, I look forward to, to trying some of those out too. Yeah. I was just going to say that, that addiction thing's totally, you're absolutely right there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, and it's the first couple of bits of feedback you get. So the first two or three emails you get that say, I really enjoyed this. You made me think about this or that, or even changed my mind on this or that. And that's why I often tell people to do that 10 episode, 15 episode plan, because you will get very little back in the first five to 10 episodes. But by the end of that 10, if you stick to it regularly, keep asking for that feedback, you will start to get it. And that's what will push you forward into your next hundred episodes. Yeah. And when you host your different shows um, on separate feeds, are you hosting yourself? I know that on the podcast host, I think you initially started that to host podcast and you've kind of uh, tweened a little bit from there. Yeah, that's right. Um, do you, Are you still doing that? Are you hosting these shows yourself or is there an easy method to, to hosting multiple shows without getting charged, you know, $30 each time per month with Libsyn? <laughs> yeah, I I actually have uh, I've moved away from hosting it on my own space uh, because of a yeah a bunch of technical limitations. Yeah. I now do go with Blueberry actually, so I work with Blueberry uh, with a, a professional media hosting account, so I can have as many shows as I want on there, uh, and it's not cheap by any means, but um, it's uh, it works well for me because I work with a bunch of clients on their podcasts as well as my sort of three or four podcasts. So it means that I can have them all in one place and they're all really well managed. So uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great solution. If you if you run more than say three or four shows yourself, then I would recommend getting in touch with Blueberry and asking them about that because it's, uh, it's definitely cheaper once you get up to that scale. So that's not something that they advertise like to the public. You actually have to contact them and just kind of uh, check in to see how much it would cost. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, it's kind of a, a bespoke thing that they do because it's based on your bandwidth and your size and stuff like that. So, yeah. but yeah, they're. I'm sure Todd and Angela would be more than happy to chat to anyone that's interested in that. Yeah, I love their new layout on their site too. I've often thought about doing it in a way of you know using SoundCloud for one, using Spotify for one, using uh, Blueberry yes. for one, and then having Lipson. Yeah. But that can also add up pretty quickly. Yeah, doing all of them. So 
And I can't figure, I haven't figured out the Spotify thing yet because it's relatively new, but I hear it's. No. Yeah. They're, I think, I think they're still in beta, aren't they? So they're still only accepting a certain amount of podcasts, but uh, yeah, that'd be pretty exciting when that goes full. Yeah. Lots and lots of viewers and listeners on there too. Yeah, definitely. Well, how, how are you doing on time, Colin? I got another five minutes. Fine. Okay. Well, I want to finish really quick, uh, kind of running through the process of getting that podcast started. I know we kind of veered off there. We talked about the idea and the value of what you want to teach. We talked about the equipment just a little bit. Uh, sure. Can we can we nail? We've gotten to Blueberry, obviously, for for <laughs> hosting. Um, can we nail a couple other options for that? And then uh, maybe a method for show launch, uh, the, the the simplest form, because I, I can put something in the show notes about this. There are so many different ways to do podcasting; it's unbelievable. And you could Google it, and yeah. you could find a hundred different methods to do it. You probably have a place somebody can go if they want to learn this more in depth. So I'd like for you to sort of drop wherever that location is and then kind of run through that real quick before we say ta-ta. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the, the hosting stuff, I mean, I, I work Blueberry myself, but Libsyn are totally very good company as well. I get tons of good feedback. Um, And it, yeah, I know Rob over there as well. So um, they, they're they a very good option too. And beyond that, I think that's really the only two that I tend to recommend these days. Like a few of my friends are using SoundCloud, but I just, they, they tie it down quite a lot. They don't have enough options in there for me. But it is an option if you want a really cheap, if, you, if you're really strapped for budget, um, then it is an option because it's a lot cheaper. They give you unlimited space for quite a low cost. Um, yeah, but be aware of that, years. yeah. Yeah, exactly. But they, they cut down your options in terms of how you're listing in iTunes and the like. And it's just, it's not as, it's not as tailored to us as podcasters, I think. Yeah. Um, beyond that, you were talking about, so what was next? What, what's your, what do you think about somebody who doesn't have, you know, the knowledge of recording software and things like that? How, what's the best way for them to be able to boost this? Um, and I know we talked about Alphonic a little bit earlier. Uh, yeah. But in terms of editing and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I genuinely think actually that if it's somebody that really doesn't have much knowledge with recording software, you're not particularly technical, you're not even that interested, then yeah, go with Alphonic if you want to do something along those lines. But actually the best approach is just to practice your presentation skills and be aware that you're going to have some mistakes in there and be happy with it. I <laughs> just love be, it, I leave them be in. transparent. <laughs> yeah, totally. Just leave them in there and go, ah, it's not what I meant to say. Sorry, folks. And it's it's more transparency. It's more personality. It's the kind of thing that makes people like you even more um, if you have that stuff in there. The, the editing you need to do, the editing that's required on a podcast is minimal. Um, and in fact, I've done a, a post on that. So I'll give you a link afterwards and you can link people to it on the, the show notes. I've got a kind of, this is what's required. This is what's uh, desired sort of thing. So the required is nothing more than cutting off the silence at the start and end of your show, the bangs and stuff as you place your recorder down or whatever. But do you know what? Even as you, even if you do a bit of practice, that you can cut that stuff down because um, you can, if you're doing it on your computer and you're recording straight into something like GarageBand or Audacity, then uh, you can actually sort of cut down that stuff because you just hit record and go straight away once you get practiced. Um, and mentioning that software, that's the two free and really simple ones that I tend to recommend. So GarageBand for Mac and Audacity is a free editing package for either Mac or PC. Mm-hmm. And it's really simple to use. It's basically got controls at the top of the screen, which looks like an old school tape deck. <laughs> it's just a record button, a play button. Um, 
and you can sort of cut bits out. So if you want to cut out those silences or uh, whatever it is on the start and the end, then you literally just drag, uh, click and drag to cut stuff out. So it's just like actually highlighting stuff in a Word document, nothing more complicated than that. Yeah, and, and of course, if you're recording through Skype, there's a couple of methods to uh, Ecamm Call Recorder. I think it's like a $20 one-time fee to record your conversations both ways. And then I use one, and I'm going to say this wrong because I know there's a correct way to say it, but uh, Piezo. Piezo. Oh, I've not heard of that one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. You can you select which what you're going to be recording through. It could be Spotify. It could be a Google Chrome browser. It could be Skype, and it records both ways onto an MP3, and you can just save it as a mono file, and it's already split for you. It's yeah, nice. Perfect. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah, definitely. So, so yeah. So for, for the more in-depth um, tutorials and stuff, I know we're out of time. You're going to send me a link to, to one of them. Is there anywhere particularly on your website they can go to check this stuff out? Or we can have you on in the future again and we can get more into monetization and growth strategies and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I'd love to. I think it's yeah. fascinating. Yeah, more than happy to come back. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, if you want something in the meantime, then go to, if you just go to the podcasthost.com and click on, um, what's the easiest way? If you go to, well, actually, do you know what? Go to podcasthost.com and go to courses at the top. So there's a link to courses at the top and you'll see the podcast liberation course. And that's a full guide to getting started that course. Um, but I also have some starter articles as well. If you go to the podcasthost.com and just click uh, or scroll down on the front page and there's loads of blog articles there, click on any one of them and that'll take you to this sort of inner workings of the site and you'll see all the categories down the right. Um, and there's uh, sort of getting started, there's equipment, there's uh, planning and presenting there's all that sort of stuff so click on any of those categories and it'll take you through a lot of the stuff that I've written in the past so yeah either way would be a, a good way to get started but yeah, yeah be, check out, talk check to out you about Podcraft more check out all stuff. of his podcasts too because he's got a oh, lot yeah, of awesome of stuff on there um, <laughs> yeah I forget about it. series one of Podcraft is uh, the beginner's guide so that's 10 episodes which basically take you through uh, one to ten, 10 episodes take you through from complete start and standing start to having a first episode out there yeah, we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. And also go check out Podcast Junkies. Harry gets uh, lots of different podcasters on and their different perspectives and things that they struggle with. And he's an incredible interviewer. So that's you've heard his his episode on this show before. If you've listened back, he was one of the first uh, 40, I think. It was a while ago, it seems like. Really? So it's pretty yeah. crazy. So, <laughs> And then Colin, if you had to battle Godzilla, man, Mm-hmm. How do you think you would use your creativity or your talents to defeat that big, crazy bastard? Well, you know, being a podcaster, being an audio producer, uh, my office, I'm currently surrounded by probably a thousand meters worth of cables. So I'm pretty sure I could rig some kind of trap up, maybe a net made out of audio cables that I can catch him in and, uh, yeah, trap the, yeah, trap him down somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he can't break through audio cables. They're good quality, aren't they? Oh yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> I don't think he, I don't think he'd stand a chance, man. Uh, and then, real quick, can you, can you can you rattle off just a few things that you think uh, all podcasters should be doing to grow their audience? And then we will say peace. <laughs> I think there's a, there's a whole bunch. That's a big uh, it's a big question, but something that I'm seeing work really well these days actually is competitions. So running a competition of some sort, get yourself, pay 50 quid for something reasonably cheap that 
is something that would be really interesting to your audience. So, for example, I've got a, I had a microphone competition recently. I paid £30 for a microphone. It's a microphone that costs next to nothing. And people went crazy over it because it's free. <laughs> <laughs> so you can pay very little money and run a competition, promote it like crazy. And actually, I got so much traction off that competition. It's, it's mental considering how much I spent on it. So, yeah, think about competition, just anything. Even if you can find somebody that will give you something for free if you give them some exposure. It's sort of a, a way around... Uh, or a, a type of sponsorship, I guess. So yeah, think about a way you can get competition into your show. Now, do you do you actually, are you trading entries for like reviews or just feedback on the show or, or comments or how does that work? No, actually, that's just uh, mentioning it. So the microphone one, for example, I actually just bought that one. But if I was to get in touch with, uh, it was a Samson Q2U microphone that I gave away. Uh, if I was just to get in touch with Samson and say, do you know what, I want to run a competition. Can you give me a few bits of kit? And I will mention, I'm going to promote this competition like crazy over the coming coming month on my podcast, on my blog, on my social media. So you can get all of that sponsorship for no more than the cost of, you know, two or three bits of kit from yourselves. What What's the action for the user to actually enter the competition? Are you giving them like... Uh, a- I tend to have a link I give away on the show that takes them to a page on the blog. Um, I've used the uh, AppSumo software. Actually, they've got a really good competition software. Like a giveaway, you can like set King it. Sumo or whatever? A King Sumo is exactly what it's called, yeah. Yeah, yeah so you've come it's across awesome. that. Yeah, totally. And it, it sets up kind of viral sharing type of um, yeah. loop because people share it and get more entries if they put it on their own social media. And that's really what actually put that one out there, um, my last one out there really well. People just were sharing it like crazy just to uh, try and get a better chance of winning a 30 quid mic. <laughs> that, that's awesome. Well, cool, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Seriously, uh, everything that you're doing is is phenomenal. Keep it up. Uh, teaching well, people changes the world, and that's what we're trying to do. Everybody out there needs to pay attention that you can create the kind of life that you love if you if you really put your mind to it. Podcasting is an awesome medium. It's not for everybody. Uh, but if you have that kind of love for talking and speaking, and even if you have a fear of it, I think if you start doing a podcast, you can be behind your computer and you can learn how to do public speaking. And it's amazing yeah. the kind of skill sets that it can add to your bag. Yeah, absolutely right. And so, yeah, let's let's plan on having you back on in the future. I would love to talk growth strategies. I would love to talk monetization um, and, and all the more advanced podcasting stuff. But for the time being, everybody check out the show notes at artsnow.com forward slash 113. You'll get the links to Colin's show. And then, of course, the podcast host, uh, dot com right and then yep. podcraft and itunes Indeed. podcraft.net yeah podcraft.net cool well colin man fist pump be happy <laughs> do something awesome today um i'm going to be fist pumping for sure probably uh, pogo sticking around outside both hands up in the air just dominating life and just remember that every day is a bonus round and, and slow down and enjoy something beautiful and break the rules, but first break the rulers. And thanks so much for being the entrepreneur now, dude. I, I really appreciate it. Perfect. Thanks for having me. It's been great fun. Ooh-wee. There you have it. The man, the myth, the legend, Colin Gray. My first guest actually in Scotland when I recorded, I think I had Kelly Lundberg on, but I believe she was in Dubai, so I don't know if that counts or not. That was a long time ago. Man, almost a year. That's crazy. Hope you all enjoyed that episode. Uh, Colin's a dude. Reach out to him. He's an awesome 
Awesome guy. He's got a massive amount of amazing resources too, so check those out. Uh, those will be in the show notes at artsynow.com forward slash Colin Gray and also artsynow.com forward slash 113. So pull those pants up, pull those pants down, do the jive, stay alive, fist pump non-stop. And if anybody wants to have a freestyle battle with me, let me know. I am all for it. Uh, hit me up on Skype at Radiohead PS, Twitter at HB underscore Armstrong. Email me at createdartsynow.com. I love talking with you all, and I really appreciate it. For everybody who's left me an iTunes review, thank you so much. And for everybody that hasn't, thank you also, and thank you generally just for listening to the show. I hope that you're taking some of these messages and putting them out there in the world and and giving somebody some positive insight and changing. We are all in one big surge to change the world the best that we can. Whether that be writing books, whether that be teaching children, whether that be climbing up a giraffe's neck at the zoo or pogo sticking across the United States in your undies, you're here to do something special. And I hope that you figure out what it is and you put your mind and your heart into it 100%. Every day is a bonus round, so enjoy it. And remember that it could be the last, so live it up. Smile. Hug those people around you. Kiss those people around you. Squeeze them. Tell them that you love them. Because you do. And they love you. And that is how the world turns. If you guys want a free audiobook, you can go to artsynow.com forward slash time. I'm sorry, not audiobook, ebook. That sounds so much more boring, right? If you want a free ebook, it's 20 plus tips and tricks that I use to make more time for doing things like this, things that I love. artsynow.com forward slash time. And you can download that for free. I think it's like 30 pages or something. So just pop your email in there and I will get it and I will harass you until the end of time. (laughs) you guys are so screwed anyways check that book out peace and word to your mother i love you mom thank you for listening to another episode of the arch of her newer now for all the show notes it's artsynow.com if you want to be a guest on the show email me at create at artsynow.com or on Twitter at HB underscore Armstrong. The music? Well, that's shaky feeling. Check them out. Ventura, California. Ta-ta! Keep it funky.